Did he talk to you? No. I got the whole story, but not from Norman. I got it from his mother. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen? And it's a podcast where we talk about movies, specifically a movie that one of us has never seen before. Um, I am your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. And joining me this week is one person and one person only. You know him. It's David. Hello, that's me. Yes. I can always count on you to have not seen a movie, so that's good. Uh, Scheduling was just tough this week. Nobody was really around, but that's okay because... We don't need anybody else. We can talk about this movie all we want. It's just us here. Yeah. Uh, so the movie, you're probably wondering, this is episode number 32. Uh, and the movie was Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho uh, from 1960. So, uh, yeah, one of the... Um, so this, we've been doing Halloween-ish themes all month. And uh, this was sort of my choice for the slasher movie uh, kind of subgenre. And you had expressed interest in wanting to watch this one as well. So, because I know you're not a big horror movie fan. Um, we've gone over that in uh, many, many times before. But this is one of those that I think even if you're not a horror movie fan, you should see. Uh, definitely. I, I definitely appreciated it as a movie more so than a horror because, you know, the movie's nigh on 60 years old. I feel like it's been spoiled for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, but more so just has that prestige as a legendary movie. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious now. I would guess that by this point you've had the movie spoiled for you at some. I, nobody ever came up to me and was like, oh yeah, Psycho where he's his mom, right? Yeah. I, I do think I, I, I want to say I read the Wikipedia summary for it years ago okay but i still like watching it i wasn't like oh that makes sense there was still a couple things that were like i don't actually know Mm -hmm. that's cool uh no so yeah um i mean this movie's been parodied it's been uh hell there was a shot for shot remake of it in 1998 uh which Mm -hmm. we'll maybe talk about later i don't know i don't i don't really like talking about that one a whole lot because it's pretty (laughs) bad but um, it's bad because of, well, there's there's reasons why. But uh, it, this is one of the original kind of horror movies in terms of, I think, now I, I'm probably wrong on this, but this was, I think, like the second quote-unquote slasher movie. I think there was one that came out maybe a year before this. Um, I'd have to look that up. But, you know, 1960, uh, so... Like you said, coming up on 60 years ago, it was um, shot in black and white, which I think added to it a lot, personally. Because um, if, I, if I remember correctly, The Birds, which I had seen, came out only like three years later, and that was color? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. Were, there were plenty of color movies um, being made at this time. It was a choice by uh, gotcha. Hitchcock to... Okay, Peeping Tom was the same year, and that was kind of one of the first slasher movies, so to speak. Um, uh, but 
it was a it was a choice by Hitchcock to do this one in black and white. And personally, I think it it adds a lot to it. it there's something about oh, somebody's being. I'll out. selectively mute my mic. Okay. So keep talking. Um, but there's there's a lot to uh, this movie in terms of it's very minimalist. There's only a few actors in it. Um, it has a lot of scenes that have no dialogue whatsoever. Uh, and it's all atmosphere. And personally, I think the black and white, uh, helps that quite a bit. I know I saw the remake in the theater, uh, back in 98 and it was, it was in color and it is literally, I'm not kidding you shot for shot, the exact same movie with different actors. Um, I wonder how people think they can pull that off. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was supposed to be an homage, but it just came off like it it was missing something because, and not even just because it was in color, it was missing the feel of it. You know, this had Anthony Perkins playing Norman Bates. The remake had Vince Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn. He didn't work for me. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, and this is, you know, it's 1998, so he's still pretty young at this point. Um, he's actually about the same age that, when he made that movie, he was roughly the same age as uh, Anthony Perkins was when he made Psycho. Um, but there was something to, like, when I watch this movie, when I watch Anthony Perkins, he's just, he's so good at being kind of, this naive, innocent, stuttering kid moving to almost a calculating uh, sociopath to the mother to, you know, moving all around. First of all, spoiler alert, Norman and his mom are the same person. Okay, we got that out of the way. Who cares? But it, he did, Perkins did such a good job of playing all these different aspects of, uh, of Norman Bates and did so in like this way that was eerie and creepy but it gets even better the more times you see it. Yeah. And just, I think one of the things I have had, or I have seen before, I've, I, I've seen that last frame of his face. Yeah. Countless times. And go, knowing that going into it, it was funny watching Bridget, who knows nothing about it. Uh, it was funny watching her empathize with Norman for the, a better percentage of the movie oh i bet. like a good percentage like we were still like oh man what's he doing you know like oh such a crazy life that sort of thing rather than this dude's messed up right yeah no definitely um and you know that that is a testament a to the um the filmmaking and to his performance i mean obviously they don't tip their hand about anything until pretty much towards the end. And when this movie came out, you know, 60 years ago, you wouldn't have seen that coming. Like, I don't, I don't care what people say. You would not have seen, unless you had read the book, you wouldn't have seen that part of it coming because there weren't, there just weren't movies that were doing that at the time. Uh, you know, it's a little more common now to have a twist like that or to have, you know, something along those lines. And it was so deftly done. Um, I just really liked it. And I liked a lot of the performances in this. You know, it was 1960s acting uh, from people like, um, oh, John Gavin as uh, Sam Loomis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, 
Arbogast, Mil- uh, Martin Balsam, what played Doctor or Detective Milton Arbogast. Um, you know, he was fine. I, I enjoyed him. Uh, I loved the uh, the sheriff, uh, John yeah, McIntyre see. playing Sheriff Al Chambers. I loved him. He was awesome. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I wish they they could have had more scenes with him, but uh, but I just I enjoyed him. Janet Lee was actually I really liked uh, Janet Lee. I liked her even. I was paying more attention this time around as Marion, and just paying attention to her because a lot of the first half of the movie is her acting without a whole lot of dialogue, and mm-hmm. I think she does a really interesting job with that. Because... I I agree. Very convincing, voiceless acting with this sense of desperation and uh wanting to um you know go be something else and but also knowing how much trouble she's in and that sort of thing yeah she she does so much she conveys so much with just facial expressions Mm -hmm. and uh and patty is in our chat room and she's pointing out that um you know he's not a sociopath he has disassociative personality disorder yes you're right he does what i'm saying is that he at times comes off like a sociopath one of his personalities is like that in Mm -hmm. the facial expressions and the smile and the creepiness and this like overall thing where it's not really mother but it's not norman either it's someone else it's the kind of feeling that i got from it um but both of them both perkins and janet lee did uh, amazing jobs of acting without having to read lines just their presence and just the way that they would look and move around um i really just enjoyed that now you know who janet lee is right uh, i know she played marion okay she um, definitely looked familiar well she should because her daughter uh happens to be somebody that you probably have seen in a movie or two uh jamie lee curtis oh okay mm-hmm. um and that was partly um she had a cameo in i think it was halloween h2o playing uh I can't remember if it was, it wasn't her mother, but it was somebody that Jamie Lee Curtis was like familiar with as Laurie Strode. Um, gotcha. She was playing Norma actually was her character's name. Um, and, uh, you know, a little connection Halloween's, um, you know, Halloween star Jamie Lee Curtis and it was directed by John Carpenter. He named the character. He also wrote it and he named the character of Dr. Loomis after Sam Loomis from psycho. Uh, cause you know, Marion's boyfriend, but yeah, that's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, uh, Janet Lee, um, as the scream queen, uh, in psycho. And she was, so that was another thing this movie. So this movie broke some, uh, broke some rules or broke some ground that movies at the time weren't really doing for one. She was probably the best known, um, star at the time. Um, and they kill her off halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that they've, there have been movies that have done that since. I don't even think it was halfway. Uh, I, yeah, I can't remember. It's, I think she, she was dead for more than an hour in this less than two hour movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, that wasn't something that got done a lot, um, in movies back then. Now you've seen it a few times more recently in some movies. I know, what was it? as executive decision uh, played up the fact that Steven Seagal was in it and then they kill him off in the first 20 minutes or something. Uh, Godzilla 2014. Yep, Godzilla 2014 did it too. 
So, you know, it's like it would be like if that had never been done in a movie before and you cast Jennifer Lawrence and all the all the marketing is about Jennifer Lawrence being in the movie and then she gets killed off 30 minutes. And then later. wham. So that was a big thing. This also uh, Psycho was the first film to show a flushing toilet in Hollywood. Huh. Weird thing to think that that never been shown, but that was it, considered really, really taboo to it's show definitely, that. Yeah. I remember reading stuff like that, like some, like some TV show was like the first TV show. I think it was like Beverly Hillbillies was like the first one to show a flushing toilet. Mm-hmm. And then same sort of idea. But this is definitely a movie that I feel like, you know, everyone's like to say, oh, we're not desensitized, but I do think we are desensitized. I definitely think this is a movie that would be best experienced as a a young moviegoer going to the movies in 1960, having never seen anything like this before. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I, like watching it now, like, oh, uh, she's getting stabbed. Uh, and like watching it like, oh, nowadays this room would be covered in blood. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a horror true. movie. It's a slasher movie. There's one scene with any blood in it whatsoever. And it's barely any there. You know, that's yeah. the difference between 1960 and, and 2019. Uh, Locutus um, in the chat room mentions, uh, I watched this movie back in high school. I still don't like showering when there's no one in the house. Um yeah, I mean, if, the, if you'd seen this movie at a young enough age, that can kind of play with your head a little bit. Um, but you're right. It It is the type of movie where with the way, I mean, shoot. Mo- or stuff that's on TV now and like network TV has 10 times more blood in it than, uh, than, a mo- than this movie has. So, you know, it is a little bit of desensitization. De- we're a little bit desensitized to it. That was a tough sentence to get through. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it, it definitely makes a difference. And it doesn't have... Today, it's not going to have quite the same visceral impact um, that it would have had in 1960. But there's a lot of layers to it. And I think if you can watch it through the lens of you know putting yourself into like a 1960, um, can really help. Uh, Janet Lee was not bothered by the filming of the famous shower scene seeing it on film profoundly moved her she later remarked that it made her realize how vulnerable a woman was in the shower yeah (laughs) to the end of her life she only ever took baths and not showers that's interesting yeah i mean it it's just one of those things that just seeing it now i just don't think does it justice for how impactful it was like I always want to compare it to something like the first time, you know, you watch something like star Wars or something like uh, Jurassic park, or even like the, probably the most legendary visceral horror movie of all time, something like Texas chainsaw massacre. Like the first time seeing that, having never seen anything like that would just floor you. And I, I would be, with how I react to things like that, I would be out of commission for a month. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. No, you're right. It, it doesn't have... It unfortunately has lost some of the impact of that side of it, but it is still worth seeing for the uh, the classic nature of it and the filmmaking that went into it because there's a lot of stuff that's that was done in this that you see in um, in other horror movies. There's a reason why 
you know, it's considered the kind of the one of the grandfathers of the horror genre, or at least of the slasher genre. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's little quirky things, there's little Hitchcockian things that uh, that always kind of make me laugh. Like I love the fact that everybody that pulled up to the motel got out on the passenger side of their car. Yeah, and it was that all was... it was all for framing. It was all so they would never leave the frame. Yeah, uh, which just cracks me up i remember that in the 98 one too seeing it in the theater and and i hadn't seen psycho in so long when i saw yeah. that and it was one of those like oh yeah i forgot they did that bridget said that too um but there was definitely a couple shots where you could tell they didn't really know how to film it and they definitely put their best effort forward but you could tell specifically the um the detective walking up the stairs whereas pretty much every other shot in this movie was either pan or like a dolly pull that was both up and back no see now that i i will say that that i liked a lot because it gives you this very disoriented feel because it's but it was also it also was a little grainier than the rest of the film Okay, yeah, so... But it's a, a phenomenal shot. I, okay. I like the shot. It just didn't... You could tell they didn't really know how to do it or pull okay, it off. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, that makes more sense. I, I thought maybe you were questioning like the what they were trying to accomplish with that shot, but you're saying that from a technical aspect, the film stock mm-hmm. and the, the lighting for it maybe could have been... And you're right, there, there probably could have been a better way to do it, but I loved, and I even had a note written down for that, I loved that push-pull going up the stairs because... Mm-hmm he's going up the stairs and you can tell he's moving up the stairs, but he never gets any closer to the camera. Um, and yet the background is moving. So it's this weird, like disorienting thing with all that. And I love mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff that they did, uh, in, in this movie. I mean, if you watch, you know, it's a lot of long takes and long shots. And then, yep the shower scene is just quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. And, and you, you couple that with the music that they played and those strings sounding almost like birds and the scream, that iconic scream that even if you've never seen this movie, you've probably heard that exact scream in something else before. Cause that's Mm -hmm. been utilized. That's almost like a Wilhelm scream for uh, a female scream. I've seen it and heard it in movies a lot. Yeah. It's, I definitely have, you know, heard that orchestral hit for that scene and heard that scream. Um, one of my favorite shots in the movie was w- the first shot in the movie where they pan over Phoenix and then they zoom in to a window and mm-hmm. you can see the shine of the cabinets and then all of a sudden they're in the room right from the cabinets. Yep. It's an awesome cut. Oh, it was great. It's such a great opening to a movie. Uh, I love that. There's there's a lot of that. And you know, we we touched a little bit on the music with that uh, those sharp hits of the strings. The music in this movie is great, um, stunning. So who good. who did it? It was uh, it was Bernard Herrmann, um, and IMDb has uh, Alfred Hitchcock was so pleased with the score written by Bernard Herrmann that he doubled the composer's salary to thirty four thousand five hundred one dollars. Hitchcock later said thirty three percent of the effect of Psycho was due to the music. I hundred percent. And it, it is. And that's another bit that you've probably, you may have heard a sample of uh, in um, a song. Buster Rhymes used uh, a sample of that in one of his songs back in the 90s. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that was the Bernard Herrmann's music in this was great, and it had uh, it had a great Saul Bass opening. Um, even though it was really simple, it was kind of an earlier one. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Saul Bass or not, but that that opening credit style where it had kind of just uh, very simple geometric shapes going on was Saul Bass, and he did um, that style of opening credits for a bunch of movies in the '60s, like. I can't even tell you how many. Uh, he's one. He's worth looking up on YouTube or looking up uh, online and finding some work, some of his work, because I just love a Saul Bass opening. And it, this was one of his simpler ones, but mm-hmm. it's still you couple that with the music, and it's just a great way to start your movie off. Um, yeah, I this is a, a soundtrack that. Um, Honestly, I I like to have a copy of. I don't think I do anymore, and uh, I need to do that because <laughs> Hitchcock would refer to Anthony Perkins as Master Bates. I don't know if I believe mm. that or not. I guess I could probably actually I could see Alfred Hitchcock doing that, and we see him in this movie. Yep, he's got his uh, requisite cameo standing outside oh, yeah. uh, the Lowry uh, Real Estate Agency. Yeah, I wondered if you'd catch that or not. Oh no, I I know he has that thing and I caught him. Um, um have, you, have you ever seen the trailer? You should watch the trailer for this. I was playing it during uh when I started the stream up and um waiting to kind of get going. I started playing the trailer. It's six and a half minutes long, but it is possibly my favorite movie trailer of all time because it's Alfred Hitchcock and he's on the set and he's just wandering around talking about, you know, talking about the events of the movie like they actually happened. Um, and you should link that in the chat. That's, that's great. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll put it in there for you. It's amazing to watch, uh, because he'll start to talk about something and he'll be like, this was where, you know, never mind, And like walk over to something else. And like, he just does, he just does that for six minutes. It's awesome. Um, uh, speaking of the real estate agency, the guy who played the buyer, mm mm-hmm played his part perfectly oh man i hated him so much yes yeah oh he was he was terrible um yeah i was not a fan of him at all which is what they were going for uh 100 so they made a big deal out of the fact that he paid with uh cash 40 40 thousand dollars in cash and you know even the the boss was like i don't even want it in the office like take it to the bank right now um to, just to give an idea, to convert that to twenty nineteen dollars, uh, that's like somebody walking in with three hundred and forty six thousand dollars, almost three hundred forty seven thousand dollars in cash. Hmm. That's crazy. Like that's I don't care. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I, I definitely always think there's a little time shock every time money is mentioned in old movies. Like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you can buy this gently used two year old car for. Your car trade in plus seven hundred dollars, yeah. like, or a ten dollar hotel room. Yep, I know. Oh, it's amazing, but uh, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out that that that's how much money she was carrying with her, um, while she was, that, which you know, hey, for that amount of money, I'd think about doing the same thing. Like, and you also got to think that even though it was a stunning amount of cash by this time, stuff also just cost less too. Yeah. percentage wise oh yeah absolutely so that money was going to stretch quite a ways oh 100 um, so yeah uh all right so we we talked a little bit about the cast because 
look, Anthony Perkins knocks it out of the park in this movie. This was mm-hmm. the this was and still to this day is you know the thing that I always remember. If I hear the name Anthony Perkins, it's immediately Norman Bates and Psycho. None of the the sequels. I don't care about those. Um, it's this movie because this movie didn't need a sequel. It didn't need any more story to tell. It told its story, and I think it told it you know perfectly. Now they made three, four sequels. Um, and I have not seen the the show Bates Motel. I don't know if that's any good or not. I've heard it's okay. Um, I would like to see it, but uh, yeah, Perkins, um, Janet Lee. We talked about. Um, like I said, I love John McIntyre. It, just give me more John McIntyre as the sheriff. He was great. Mm-hmm. Now to give you an idea, so I I mentioned earlier the shot for shot remake, and it had Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates. So I think you and I can agree that's a step down. You haven't even seen it. And you can agree with that. Well, I, I googled pictures of him as uh, as Bates. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> well, I just can't separate him from what. And I know this might not be what he started as, and it might not be how you know him, but he was like fart jokes, Adam Sandler like movies. That's oh, yeah, how no, I know he he's been in movies fun. like that. He you know he was in Swingers, um, all this kind of stuff. So. This was a a step out for him doing something a little different, but Perkins was so good at like the at all aspects of it, but he had that jittery um kind of jittery nervous energy and uh I I don't Vince Vaughn did not do that for me at all. Um sorry. So no, I, I Vince Vaughn didn't do it for me, um, and yeah, it's it's really hard to see him as Norman Bates, especially when you think about uh, Perkins and the way that he played the character. Uh, Marion Crane in the remake was Anne Heche. Um She was fine. I she's not Janet Lee. Um, Julianne Moore played her sister. This was the one I had forgotten about. Uh, so the boyfriend character, um, Sam Loomis, was played by Viggo Mortensen. Uh, this was pre Lord of the Rings Vigo Mortensen. I completely forgot that he played that character. Uh, and then William H Macy was uh, Detective Arbogast. That's and, that's a good cast. Yeah, and William H Macy was actually probably the most fun um, part of that movie. Was uh, was William H Macy in my opinion? Who was? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I zoned out. Who was uh, J- uh, Marion Crane? Anne Heche. Oh, okay. Um, and then uh, the sheriff in the remake was Philip Baker Hall, who you might not know by name, but you've seen him in stuff. Um, he was fine. He's he's still he's not John McIntyre, but mm-hmm. I like Philip Baker Hall a lot, so I can let that go. I just that remake was pointless to me because why remake that movie? Um, it's fine as it is, and it didn't need a wide release. I I still to this day don't really understand why. Hmm. Who's Julianne Moore? Her sister? Yeah. Yep, she played Lila. Hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm just looking at a 98 uh, photos. Well, that's all right. Um, 
yeah, there's not a whole lot else to really say about this movie. It's just, it's worth a watch. Um, it mm-hmm. is the the cinematography of it. Uh, it's very simple. It's a very small movie. Um, it almost completely takes place at the Bates Motel with you know some other small scenes here and there. But uh, it had a it had a tiny little budget. It was made for eight hundred and six thousand dollars. And I mean, in nineteen sixty, is that adjusted? No, but even still, for 1960, that was a, still a fairly small budget. It grossed 32 million. So that's a good return. Yeah, um, that's a really good return. Um, I think the fact that there was so few locations and uh, such a small cast definitely added to the the loneliness oh, uh, yeah. of the of the movie. The sort of the desperation of loneliness. Mm-hmm. I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it, I mentioned it earlier, but one of the things I really liked about this and, and I was paying more attention to it than this viewing was the amount of acting that was done by basically two actors in the movie. I mean, Janet Lee and Perkins carry some scenes with, uh, very little to no dialogue. That's hard to do. And it's hard to find actors that are willing to do that. So, because most actors want more lines, they want to be able to talk more and act more, and and it shows a lot when you can act that much with just facial expressions. And the whole scene in the parlor where she's eating the sandwich, or I air quotes sandwich, it's just a piece of bread with some cheese on it, maybe. Um, I loved that because of Perkins. Like he goes from this shy child and then flips to like almost menacing and you see like her reactions to it are Mm. really she's frightened but she doesn't know what to do because she's already scared and on the run and now this guy's acting a little weird and if she tries to run what's he gonna do so Mm -hmm. that that whole the tension in that scene was great um yeah, it's just good movie all around, worth seeing. Uh, even even if you're not a fan of horror movies or older movies, like it's 100% worth uh, worth checking out. Yeah, thank you for uh, inviting me to watch it. Well, I'm glad that you you said you wanted to watch it. Um, now I did capture a few uh, bits of audio because there is actually some decent audio, um, some some funny clips in this, or some interesting clips. I didn't get any. I wanted to get a little clip of the music to have to play whenever I felt like, but I couldn't find a good other than going back maybe to the opening credits that didn't have like the sound of the engine or rain or something. So I didn't catch any of that. But um, you know, there's some just some great one-liners in this. Some first of all, we've got the iconic scream and the the, the sound of that. This will be a little bit loud, but this is a pretty good one. Like that's that's that that's this movie in a nutshell right there. You can play that for somebody, and they're probably going to know it's from Psycho. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, you talked about how how much we did not like um, the one dude, and where did I put that? Because I had ah. Um, you know what I do about unhappiness? I buy it off. Buy it off. And then he immediately follows that up with this, and this was the creepy one. Our, uh, our 
Are you unhappy? Ugh. I did not like him. So I did like that then Janet Lee, uh, Marion Crane, has this line after she comes out of the office. Can't buy off unhappiness with pills. I, I know some doctors that would probably disagree with that. Um, I thought it was, I, I had to laugh a little bit with how casually her coworker was talking about taking tranquilizers. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just made me laugh when, uh, she's just like, oh yeah, my doctor gave me these. And, uh, Teddy was furious when he found out I'd taken tranquilizers at her. I think she, she said she got them for her wedding. I don't know that, that made me laugh. Um, you had, yeah, that's weird <laughs> yeah uh norman introducing himself uh is a great one norman bates simple but you know it's a that's a name that again if you even if you don't know anything about this movie you've probably heard that referenced as like a crazy person name or you know the bates motel um, oh, yeah. and uh so here was an example of when arbogast is talking to him and he starts talking about, you know, I want to go see your mom. Um, you know, let me go talk to your mother. Is she hiding? Did she pay you some money to, to protect her and all that? And the flip that he does where he goes from being kind of like jovial and, and friendly and smiling to. Um, but I'm not a fool. You know, I'm not a fool. And then she might have fooled me. But she didn't fool my mother. Like, ooh. And, and you know, it, it has more layers to it after you've seen the movie once and you, you rewatch it. Because now you you pick up on things in the way he says stuff that you maybe didn't the first time around. Um, so I liked that. Uh, very a couple of classic lines from this movie. We have twelve vacancies. Twelve cabins. Twelve vacancies. Twelve cabins. Twelve vacancies. And he um, says that a couple times too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's this one. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. That's uh, whew. That, <laughs> there's so much subtext in that line after you know the twist of the movie, um, but I like that uh, where he flips on her a little bit. You mean an institution, a madhouse? That right there, because he leans forward. Oh, that creepy, creepy as all hell. Um, Probably the most well-known line from this movie, in part because it was used in Scream, um, is this one. We all go a little mad sometimes. I've used that before. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Phelan in the chat room. What, you don't take tranquilizers for your wedding? Well, I haven't had a wedding yet, but I think even if I did, probably not going to take some tranquilizers. Um, I had to get some, some John McIntyre sound because oh yeah so you had unforgettable norman norman i'm keeping that norman Norman. uh this one norman bates's mother has been dead and buried in green lawn cemetery for the past 10 years um oh where was oh okay and then this was probably my favorite line of his when he's talking about how uh the mother died strychnine ugly way to die it's like he it's almost like he was too lazy to open his jaw more that's an ugly word uh i love that oh i did miss this one from uh our creepy mccreeperson so we had him saying this are uh are you unhappy 
and then he turns right around and talks to the doc uh, to um, the guy that runs the office. Lowry, I am dying of thirstaroni. Thirstaroni. Oh, thirstaroni. Um, I know I've said that. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Uh, oh, and because you don't hear this word enough, I had to get. So this is the sheriff's, um, the sheriff's wife. Right after he talks about how she was, uh, mother was dead and buried in the cemetery. She's like, I helped Norman pick out the 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 dress that she was buried in. Periwinkle blue. Periwinkle blue, and all I could think of when I captured that. Uh, and I heard that was uh, the movie Snatch and this. It's a terrible parcel to the Paddywinkle Blue Bites. So now I, <laughs> now I have both of those forever and ever. Uh, no, it's great. Great movie. I'm glad that you got to watch it. And I'm actually, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And how, what did Bridget think of it? I wish she could have been on to, to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't really think she knew what to expect, but she definitely was into it. I just, I don't know. I just... I just don't think it'd be her first choice. Well, I mean, I can see that, but she she enjoyed the movie, or she seemed to enjoy the movie anyway? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, that's, you know, as long as she, even if it's not something, I mean, this probably wouldn't have been your first choice for a movie. Uh, I know no, no. I've done that to you a couple times on this show, and yet, with the exception of Tank Girl, you've liked them. So, And yet I return. Yes, I haven't scared you off yet. Hopefully I don't uh, anytime in the future. Um, I also need you to stick around because you you are the one who has seen nothing. Oh, I haven't seen Snatch, by the way. Oh, that's that's one going on the list. That's a fun movie. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's, it's straight up a, uh, it's Guy Ritchie, and it is um, like British quote-unquote gangster movie uh, from, the <laughs> early, from the early 2000s. So it's a ton of fun. It's a silly goofy ton of fun movie um but that's not what we're talking about right now right now we're talking about psycho and uh i guess it doesn't really do me a whole lot of good to ask you if you have a favorite uh slasher movie because you're not a big horror fan to begin with so uh i mean have you seen any other let me think (laughs) um i probably haven't okay because, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I put Psycho, uh, last weekend I watched the first uh, three Halloween films at the theater. Um, the first Halloween is another one of those that's great. One of the things I like about, um, Phelan brings up Nightmare on Elm Street, that's a great one. The first the first Nightmare on Elm Street, I haven't seen, there's a couple of sequels I haven't seen of that, that series. Um, same thing with uh, Friday the 13th movies, um, I've seen a couple of those, but not all of them. Uh, one of the things I really liked about this and Halloween is there's not a lot of gore for the sake of gore. I mean, this movie has barely any. It's you know it was considered crazy for its time, but uh, it's not it's not a uh, it's not a gory film. Halloween was not a gory film. It's all tension, and that to me, it's sort of the conversation we had around Alien back uh, a couple months ago when we were reviewing that, and how that movie just ratcheted the tension all the time. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with uh, Halloween, and this movie has a lot of those same. This doesn't have the same type of tension building that say Alien had, where Alien was like constantly building it and then a jump scare to release it. This built tension in a different way, but it was still a lot of it. There was a lot of 
I wouldn't even call this tension. I would just call this unease. There you go. That's probably a better word for it is unease. You're just not comfortable watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the whole scene in the parlor is like that. And then she leaves. It, it, not at first. No, no. And that's what's great about it, it is it doesn't that. start that way, but it gets that way. And then that makes what happens directly after yeah. that where she goes in to take the shower and he watches her through the hole in the wall that much more creepy and unsettling because yeah. of the conversation that they've just had. And, you know, the, at the start of the conversation, you think, oh, you know, he's, you know, he might be a, a simple person. He might be a little developmentally challenged. Mm-hmm. He might just be a big mama's boy, like to a weird point. But right. then he ratchets it up and ratchets it up. And the peephole is, is the sort of crux of that. And we learn that the peephole doesn't really mean anything to him. Yeah. Just that his second personality is interpreting it as him chasing after desiring this woman. Right. Yep. Yeah. It, uh, it helps a lot. Um, I also liked that they, uh, the whole, there was like the subplot with the money, but then that had nothing to do with the murders whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. that was the MacGuffin, right? That was the, you're, you're familiar with that term, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, the MacGuffin in this was 100% that uh, that stack of money. I mean, he tosses it in the gigantic trunk of that car and <laughs> drops it in the in the swamp. First of all, I, I have to I have to wonder how many cars are in that swamp, right? Because they pulled one out at the end, but he put two in over the course of a weekend. Yeah. Uh, but they talked about at least two other missing persons. So, are there two more cars in there? And how deep is that swamp? Yeah, uh, right. Secondly. Holy crap was the trunk of that car big. First, it was carpeted, which I always cracks me up to see, you know, that cuz it looked like shag carpet. Yeah. But but you could he, like he fit her body, her suitcase, her jacket, uh the mop bucket, the mop, and he probably still could have climbed in there with another couple of suitcases and had room to spare. Like you could have a party in the back mm-hmm. in the trunk of that thing. It was crazy. Uh but that was cars. Cuz it was like a 50 what, 7, something like that, Ford. Yeah, there's a couple of MacGuffins though with uh, the money and then the policeman uh, sort of building the tension of following her and oh, her yeah. being the most suspicious person ever for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. He he follows her and doesn't follow her into town, but then shows up. And just standing there staring at her across the street at that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was another MacGuffin. I, I, I often forget about that. Um, yeah, no, it's look good movie. Go see the movie. Stop listening to us talk about it. Just go watch it. You can rent it. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately, which stars. Yeah. But do you know anyone that has a stars account? No, but if you do, it's on stars. Fair enough. Um, it would be nice to see it streaming somewhere again. I would avoid the 98 remake um, unless you just want to see it for a comparative reason. Like rewatching, because I hadn't seen Psycho in a few years, um, and rewatching it today made me want to watch the 98 version at some point just for comparative sake. But I'm not going to rush out and do it because I have way too many other things going on and way too many other movies to see. I think I'd rather watch the sequels. I'm I'm curious about some of the sequels. I know nothing about them. Uh so So you haven't you haven't seen them? No. Nope. 
Uh-huh. I've only ever seen this in the remake. Because, um, again, it's one of those where it's a perfectly encapsulated story. There's no need for a sequel. Um, it doesn't mean I'm not interested in possibly seeing them. Um, well, but... yeah, because the first sequel came out in, like, 84? Yeah, it was quite a ways uh, afterwards. Yeah. Was that... Would it would that have been post the sort of slasher resurgence of like Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street? Well, yeah, because Halloween was seventy eight. Nightmare on Elm Street would have been eighty four, I believe. Je- Friday the Thirteenth was eighty one. Okay, 82? so they definitely sort of capitalized on that. Yeah, sort of resurgence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh yeah, so Psycho two was nineteen eighty three. Psycho three was eighty six. Those both had Perkins in them. Um, he did also he Psycho. Was, he was also in four. Yep, Psycho four, the beginning, which was a made for TV movie. If that tells you anything, <laughs> uh, and that was nineteen ninety. So, sadly, he passed away in nineteen ninety two at the age of sixty. But that's okay. He is forever. Uh, forever in our memories for, if nothing else, this movie. And boy, that that final shot of him is creepy as hell. Oh my gosh! And I I had seen the photo of that smile, but I had never seen the sort of skull flash. Yeah, and that's so subtle, um, but it's so well done. That right there. If don't even okay, don't even watch the remake from '98. Just find that shot from the remake and compare it and you'll see why it's inferior. <laughs> Vince Vaughn uh, just isn't creepy, man. I'll just say it. No, I don't find him to be creepy he looks at all. He's like a teddy bear. And the way he played Norman Bates, I don't know, it just didn't didn't have the same feeling. Like with Perkins, the way he played him, I you never quite know which version of Norman is there. Mhm. Like he could change so quickly and and with Vin, Vince Vaughn just didn't didn't convince me that he was uh had the disassociative identity disorder mm-hmm. it just felt like an actor so yeah uh go see it go go watch the movie um if you ever do decide to watch any of the sequels let me know I'll watch them with you yeah absolutely um all right so let's see uh coming up I know next week the plan is um, Halloween three season of the witch. Um, I just watched it again last weekend. That's the non Michael Myers Halloween sequel. Um, I know Keith is going to be here for that one because he watched it for the first time this past week. Uh, and I said, that's close enough that I will allow that. And he has thoughts on the movie. He wanted to start talking about it. I said, no, save it. You can save it for two weeks. You're fine. Um, but uh, that's going to be our next movie. After that, uh, I just found out that uh, we, I know somebody who has never seen The Crow. Um, so that's going on the list as uh, a possible movie. I have seen every Crow movie. How? All three. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to ask how or why that was the thing that you latched onto, But honestly, well, it's, it's a superhero movie, man. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, we, we so we know somebody who hasn't seen it. Um, so that's going on the list of movies to watch because that that movie came out. Now, it 
it has the first crow is phenomenal and that's a hill i will die on oh it is absolutely no i i will agree with you 100 percent on that the sequels less so um Mm. and the movie's kind of gotten a retroactive uh uh, reputation as you know being this whole edge lord and uh, what hot topic and blah yeah. blah blah you know emo kids whatever um, but the, no the movie the movie is damn good um, so that's that's coming up soon um, I know that for a fact those are two that I know are coming uh, very soon so keep uh, keeping your out for those as always, um, you can go to tvstravis.com, subscribe to the show. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at tvstravis. I put polls up there um, when we're deciding on a movie. Uh, if we don't have one that we know for sure we're doing, uh, I'll put a poll up there. You can vote on that. Um, you can find out what, what movie we're doing next if I have decided what it is that we're doing. Um, I, I post it there as well. Uh, the website has the subscribe button. Listen to it on whatever pod. Uh, podcatcher you want um and if you can get on to i i guess it's apple Podcasts. um give us a rating uh give us a review because that helps us um kind of grow a little bit more so if you can do that but um until next week when we watch halloween 3 season of the witch get out there and enjoy your movies thank you